Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. It's Alex here. I just thought I'd hop on before the episode begins to say thank you so much for listening to Weird Distractions podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a show where I discuss true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, folklore, urban legends, conspiracy theories, basically a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you and more than likely what the person down the road who fixes lamps for a living, yeah what they would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. I am going to be releasing a Patreon episode today because I am, as of the release of this episode, driving back from Pennsylvania. If you like what you hear today and you're like, hey, I want to get more of this even weirder series, then you should check out www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. But with that said, here's the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another Patreon bonus episode. It is I, Alex, and because it's the month after Halloween, aka spooky season, I thought it'd be cool to discuss another spooky tale. In my opinion, nothing is more spooky than a mystery on the waters. With that said, this month for the Patreon bonus episode, I'm going to tell you all about the tale of the Ellen Austin ship mystery. I'm going to give a big shout out to the gals over at Wine and Crime Podcast where I heard about this story from. If you like true crime podcasts with a mix of comedy, I would highly recommend Wine and Crime. Due to potential coarse language, potential distressing context such as abuse and torture, along with other seemingly adult themes, listener discretion is advised. Before we discuss the mystery, we should probably talk about the ship first. So accounts claim that the Ellen Austin was built sometime in 1854 in Damariscada, Maine. Am I apologies if I'm mispronouncing it? I did Jolly Phonics it, but that is that is a word. That is a big old fancy uh, fancy word to try and pronounce. Originally, the ship was built out of white oak and measured at 210 feet long, with a total weight of 1,812 tons. The Ellen Austin went for its first voyage in early 1854, where it left Damariscada, Maine, for Savannah, Georgia. During this trip, the Ellen Austin reportedly bumped into a damaged ship from Boston named the Florence. So, the Ellen Austin brought the crew from the Florence to Savannah, which accounts claim this took place in April of 1855. The Ellen Austin wouldn't become a rescue ship, though, nor would it obtain a cruise line title by any means. Accounts claim that between mid-1855 to 1856, the Ellen Austin would essentially be a cargo ship, mostly carrying cotton by the looks of the resources I came across and seemingly was referred to as a packet boat. 
According to Wikipedia, packet boats were medium-sized boats designed for domestic mail, passenger, and freight transportation in European countries and in North American rivers and canals, some of them steam-driven, end quote. By 1856, the Ellen Austin reportedly lost a total of $1.7 million in today's money, according to a Contrive and Jive website. This could have been due to a multitude of reasons, being storms, theft, spotty tracking, because once again, it's the 1800s. It's hard to say, especially when there was no documented reason per se. All we know is that they lost $1.7 million in today's currency, which... That's a lot. If losing money wasn't bad enough, the crew of the ship would be splashed with allegations of abuse, torture, and downright brutality in its early years. According to reports, the captain at the time, being Captain William H. Garrick, was known to be cruel towards those working for him. In a direct quote from a New York Tribune article from 1857 to elaborate more on these claims, quote, Yesterday, Justice Clark of the Eastern District, Brooklyn, was called upon to take the disposition of a sailor named Thomas Campbell, who is now lying seriously ill from cures and inhumane treatment on board the Liverpool packet ship Ellen Austin with Captain Garrick on her outward trip in November last. On one occasion, for a trifling or imaginary offense, Campbell was called into the after cabin where the captain knocked him down with a heavy wire rope. The mate at the same time threw a shawl over his head, held the man down with his knees upon his neck and head, and prevented him from crying out by holding the shawl over his mouth, end quote. The article further notes accounts of abuse that Captain Garrick demonstrated on his ship, which included using two large dogs to then mutilate Thomas's legs can imagine this probably made for a pretty, pretty big turnover rate. Plus, you know the abuse is bad when it's being reported in a paper during a time when this was rarely published. The sometimes interesting website noted that there were accounts indicating an arrest was on the near horizon for Captain Garrick and some of the crew members, but these arrests didn't seem to really hold any water as per a New York Tribune article, which made an announcement in August of 1857 indicating that Garrick was still the captain of the Ellen Austin. Abuse seemingly continued to happen for some time on the Ellen Austin, with little to no consequence for those who were thrusting the pain, torture, and trauma. Things would change, though, presumably in the 1880s. Time passed, and by December of 1880, the Ellen Austin was under a new captain, being Captain Baker, and it was on its last journey as a packet boat from Liverpool to New York. This journey had the Ellen Austin departing from Liverpool on December 5th, with things going fairly typical in the beginning. That is, until they reach the Sargasso Sea. For those like me who have maybe never heard of the Sargasso Sea, or maybe didn't even pay enough attention in geography back in the ninth grade, according to the Ocean Service website, the Sargasso Sea is a vast patch of ocean named for a genus of free-floating seaweed called Sargassium. It is the only sea without a land boundary and is located within the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to make the assumption that if you're tuning in to Weird Distractions, you more than likely have heard about the Bermuda Triangle and, like many, probably have had an irrational fear about it. Don't worry, it is on my radar to cover eventually on the show for those that maybe haven't heard of the Bermuda Triangle. If you're dying for me to cover this, though, sooner rather than later, let me know. 
Anyways, all was fine and dandy for the Ellen Austin until it got to Sargasso by early 1881. That's when things got weird. As the Ellen Austin was chillin' out, maxin', relaxin' all cool, on its way to New York City, a nameless schooner ship was noticed. It appeared to have been drifting in an erotic manner, which details aren't clear as to what made it seem erratic, but I wonder if it just seemed like no one was behind the wheel, you know, just kind of like when you're driving behind somebody and you're wondering, how did this person get a driver's license? They are all over the road. So picture that, but in the ocean. So Captain Baker and his crew decided to keep an eye on this mysterious ship from a distance for about two days. They kept their distance because there were concerns that maybe this nameless ship was a pirate ship under a guise of being an abandoned ship as some form of trap. After the two days had passed, Captain Baker and his crew moved towards the ship in a described thick, soup-like fog to see what was going on. And when I say soup-like fog, I personally picture, like, clam chowder, um, some kind of, like, cream-based chunky soup, maybe something like that. I don't know, but now I'm hungry. Moving on. Once the Ellen Austin was close enough to board, they noticed that the unnamed ship was in good condition. It didn't look like anyone had trashed it or that it had been trespassed on. It, it just, it, nothing seemed out of sorts. The only thing that was out of place was a lack of crew. According to the Mysterious Universe website, the unnamed ship seemed to be completely abandoned, yet there was no sign of any struggle. It didn't appear to the members of the Ellen Austin ship that anything nefarious happened on this unnamed, mysterious ship. The only thing that was reportedly missing from the ship, or at least couldn't be located, was the captain's log and the vessel's nameplates. Crew members' personal belongings were reportedly still on board, as well as food and a load of pure mahogany wood, which, if the ship was robbed, you would think that that would be something that the thieves wouldn't leave behind. I mean, that's, that's going to be a lot of money, right? One thought was that perhaps the crew had just vacated, but why would they leave all of that stuff behind? It just didn't make any sense. Captain Baker saw an opportunity to take the ship back to New York, assuming that maybe there was some kind of an award or reward for the ship's safe return. So Captain Baker sent some of his crew to drive this unnamed ship behind the Ellen Austin and provide the crew a logbook in order to document their travels in this new unnamed ship. Things seemed fine until they weren't. Basically, from what I gathered, a massive, violent storm separated the Ellen Austin from its new unnamed friend shortly after the Ellen Austin had kind of adopted the ship and sent some of their crew on it. When the storm eventually passed, the unnamed ship was nowhere to be found. The remaining Ellen Austin crew probably felt remorse, guilt, and grief when they realized they probably lost some of their crew members and the ship to the ominous waters. But by the next day, they were shocked to see the unnamed ship nearby drifting on its own all over again. Thrilled and maybe relieved to see the unnamed ship drifting, the Ellen Austin approached the ship probably expecting to see their crew members. The remaining Ellen Austin crew, including Captain Baker, boarded the unnamed ship again, where they discovered that the ship had been completely abandoned again. And in a weird twist, the logbook that was given to the group of volunteers that were on this unnamed ship, that was gone. No one could find the, this logbook. The remaining Ellen Austin crew were probably extremely suspicious of messing with this unnamed ship even further. I mean, their crew member and the logbook that they had given them was just gone into thin air. 
But Captain Baker saw an opportunity to profit off the unnamed ship, so he decided to gather another group of folks to get back on the ship to take it back with them. Convincing another team for the remaining Ellen Austin crew was not easy, as many were convinced that this unnamed ship was cursed. The captain did twist some arms, hypothetically I think, and convinced crew members to get on the unnamed ship, under the plan that weapons would be provided to them and that they would stay within the distance of ten small ships. So the two ships were off again, with reports claiming that the two were almost dangerously close to one another. So I kind of imagine this as when you are falling behind maybe a friend or a family member to go to someone else's house for the first time. You don't really know where you're going. Maybe you don't have GPS. And so you're trying to keep close to the person in front of you. That's kind of what was going on here. Although this plan seemed almost foolproof, little did the crew know at the time that this plan wasn't weird mystery in the ocean proof. Even though the waters were reportedly calm at first, another soup-thick fog rolled on and made visibility incredibly bad. Even with the ships being so close in distance, they ended up losing one another. Again. A second time. When the fog cleared, the unnamed ship was gone once again, and those on the Ellen Austin were left questioning what the hell had happened. Not wanting to tangle with this sus ship stuff any further, the Ellen Austin decided enough was enough and carried on their way to New York, seemingly leaving about, I don't even know how many people behind, it didn't really say, but two groups of crew members behind. The Ellen Austin arrived to New York and followed through with its retirement of packet ship service. Later in 1881, the Ellen Austin was sold to a German company and renamed the Meta. Ellen Austin would meet her fate, though, or I guess I should say Meta met her fate in 1883, where sources claim she was wrecked along the American coast while under the command of Captain A.J. Griffin. The story of the Ellen Austin and the weird interaction it had with that unnamed schooner ship and subsequently the unsolved disappearances of numerous crew members has been passed down from generation to generation. Of course, in its retellings, the story has gone through its very own versions of the game of telephone. Some retellings mention a fog, others don't. Some retellings also mention that only one group of the Ellen Austin crew went missing, whereas the one I'm retelling today mentions two. However the story is told, I think each is followed up by the same question. What in the Davy Jones locker happened? No definitive answers have ever been prescribed to this weird ocean lore, and given it happened over 140 years ago, I almost doubt it ever will be. Many believe that this unnamed ship was cursed, perhaps by the infamous Bermuda Triangle. Others wonder if it was aliens, which I know if Christy was still on the show, she would be absolutely groaning at the mention of aliens. I think whatever happened, the story is just a reminder that the ocean is a mysterious, confusing, and downright weirdly scary place. Let me know your thoughts on what you think happened in the comments on Patreon, and once again, if you ever want me to dive into the weird lore around the Bermuda Triangle. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I love and appreciate every single one of you, and I hope you enjoyed today's weird distraction. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming Weird Distractions or any podcast on a podcast platform that allows you to leave a rating or review, please consider leaving a rating or review because that is the best way and 
the cheapest way, because it's free, to support your favorite podcasts. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an episode is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find Weird Distractions over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and on TikTok. Do you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month? Why not join one of two tiers over on the Weird Distractions Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content, such as bonus episodes and bonus series, such as the Even Weirder series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early and ad-free access to regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Jennifer, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you and appreciate your support so much. Without you, Weird Distractions may not be what it is today. Lastly, I want to hear from you. I would love to collect your stories of paranormal encounters, too close to home true crime cases, maybe even some weird MLM experiences, or maybe just in general weird things that you've encountered so that I can continue to release the Listener Distraction series. And you might be tuning in for the first time and you might not know what I'm talking about. This is a series that Christy and I originally started where we would read your personal experiences on air. If you have a story you want to share, please email me at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections needed to be made after today's episode, please let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Mm-hmm.